When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome aboard, Giants fans, to Talk is Cheap, our New York Giants podcast right here on NJ.com. I'm Joe Giglio, joined as always by Jordan Renan, James Scratch. They cover the Giants for NJ Advanced Media. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast last week. Uh, one of our most popular ones, breaking down the 2016 draft and all the selections for the Giants. So now we, we move forward here. I know you guys got a chance just for a little bit to see these rookies, but not too much um, over the past week or so. So we're going to kind of look ahead to, to now what and how some of these open positions or positions we think could be open uh, might play out as this summer goes along. Jordan, how are you, bud? Good. What's up, Joe? We have one practice. It was, uh, you know... It was what you expect when there's you know 30 Canadians on the field, a, a French wide receiver, a bunch of rookies who aren't going to make NFL rosters on the field at the same time. It, it's, it, it was it was a pretty big mess out there, but uh, you know we got a little sneak peek at, at Eli Apple and Sterling Shepard. So, but we're but we're ready to roll now. Let's see, let's talk about what they're going to do, what we expect from them this year. Right. It sounds like uh, an eclectic group, James. There and and now as we move yes. forward. Um, and now as we move forward, obviously a lot of those guys are you know, gone and, and they'll narrow this thing down and we'll have those draft picks to add to this mix. But, you know, and now we, we're at the point of, of the offseason where the draft is in the rearview mirror, free agency is, and, you know, these key teams are for the most part kind of what they are. And now we kind of look at it and say, all right, well, what are they? And you kind of stack them up against each other. And for the Giants, I mean, there's a, a good number of, of open positions or positions that should be you know, legitimate competitions when we get to training camp, you know, mini camp, training camp over the next couple of months. So let's go through them and kind of talk about where we are now and, and what you might think could happen over the next couple of months. So, James, let's start with you and then we'll go okay. to Jordan. Uh, let's, let's go to right tackle first. We'll go on the offensive line first. <laughs> okay. Um, let's go to the offensive line because I think Giants fans are, are still worried about that one. Yeah, Just start with based- the hardest position, Joe, all right? Yeah, we're starting there. You know, it, it, Giants fans are always worried about the offensive line, especially because the right side um, doesn't have those kind of brand names. So let's start with right tackle. Who's in the mix, and what do you think as of right now, James? Okay, so we'll start off with the guy who started, I believe, 15 games there last year, Marshall Newhouse. Um, he's a guy who I, I think everyone, you know, he, he struggled. I think he's his best fit is as a, a swing tackle, a reserve. I think the Giants – would you know Ben McAdoo basically said that at the uh, the owners' meetings earlier this year? Um, but he, you know, he's the incumbent starter, so he's one guy. Um, Bobby Hart, from what we saw in the uh, the Giants' voluntary veteran minicamp before the draft, all the his reps seemed to be with the second team at right tackle. So he's a second year guy that they 
feel has some promise and potential. He's in the mix there. Um, I know that they signed a veteran, Byron Stingley, who uh, has been around the block. He has a couple of starts in his career, but you know nothing, nothing that really stands out. And then I, Jordan, correct me if I'm forgetting anybody else. The only other guy that pops in my mind is you know they could always put Justin Pugh there, but we really don't think they want to do that. And they've said multiple times publicly that they prefer to keep him at guard. Yeah, but I think it's going to be the left guard. I'm with you. I'm thinking Pugh's going to be the left guard. That's a, that's their desire at least right now, unless it's disaster. He might be like the disaster plan, you know? Yeah. So I think it's those three guys, I, I believe. It would be Newhouse, Hart, um, Stingley, and then, you know, someone who's not on the roster right now. So who are you uh, going with, James, right now? If you, had, you know, we're, we're going to give our, our guesstimates here. Where, where are you going? Who's, who's the starting right tackle week one? I'm, I'm going to go with Marshall Newhouse. I know Giants fans are not going to want to hear that, but I just think he's, as the options that are available to them at the moment, He's the one that kind of stands out, so I'll stick with Newhouse. All right, now I don't, you know, they'll poke around for guys, veterans around the league. Uh, I think they'll they'll keep their eyes open. But if these if they stay the way they are now, I'm going to go with with Bobby Hart. I'm going to say he. I'm going to say Bobby okay. Hart, last year's seventh round pick out of Florida State. He could beat him out once they get to it and they get to a competition. Look, all he has to do really is flash a little sense of yes i don't know just just show that he could be adequate and i think the giants would be willing to give him the shot come come week one there's, there's nothing Newhouse does out there that you know it, it gives you confidence that he should be a no. starter for 16 games uh, i think they know that too look they went out and they tried to they tried to replace him in the offseason mm-hmm. they went and looked at other uh tackle options that was because they wanted to replace marshall newhouse so uh, the one thing that worries me about Bobby Hart is that week 17 last year, the Giants did not start Bobby Hart. They elected to move Justin Pugh to right tackle and have Dallas Reynolds play left guard instead of playing Bobby Hart and starting him in week 17. So, you know, Ben McAdoo was the offensive coordinator. He's still there. So that gives me some cause for concern. But I'm still going to say he could flash enough in the spring and the summer that he wins that job. Yeah, I, a, I definitely... that's a fascinating um, point, James. You can go on after that. I forgot about that. You know, the Week 17 game, which really had the feel of a preseason game. Like in in retrospect, why? And James, you could say this too, if you mm-hmm. whatever you think. Why not? Why wasn't he out there? In your opinion, was it they just they wanted to win the game and he wasn't the best option? More to it, like that's weird to me. They also didn't even dress Jeremy Davis, a healthy Jeremy Davis. Yeah, so. yeah okay. I was just gonna say, you know, in terms of Week 17. I, you know, they didn't dress Jeremy Davis. They didn't start Bobby Hart. They, you know, Tom basically was like, someone asked him during the week, are you going to let Ryan Nassib play a little bit? And, you know, Tom looked at it like he had like six heads. Um, you know, I obviously G.J. Kinney, who's no longer with the team, he was on the practice squad basically the whole year. They didn't promote him for the last game of the season. They did a lot of roster things that were questionable there. I think Jordan's right. I think that is a cause for concern. Um, I do agree with you, and I think they're going to do, give Bobby Hart every opportunity to win the job in training camp, but you have that Week 17 thing. You know, He's still in his second year, so I think there's definitely a chance that Newhouse might prove to be their best option between the two once training camp plays out, but I agree with you, and I, I think they're going to give Hart every opportunity they can to win the job. Before we move on, I mean, let's address 
there's you know some guys that might be available, veterans, Anthony Davis being one. Not so sure that's going to pan out or be a realistic option. Uh, doesn't doesn't look like he's that close to getting back in the league. There's problems there. I think that teams are worried about whether it be character or desire to play and, and possibly him being in shape. So those are some things I heard. So I'm not so sure that Anthony Davis is going to yeah. happen. I think that's a long shot right now. Eugene Monroe in Baltimore is one maybe you keep your, your eyes mm-hmm. on. Plainfield another native. one. Yeah, yeah, Jersey native, uh, former first-round pick. Um, so, yeah, there, there'll be guys like that that are possibilities. But right now I think the Giants are okay with saying, all right, let's, let's let – Newhouse, Bobby Hart, battle it out and see if we can we can make do with that. And then if that doesn't work, then they'll look to make that move later on, maybe in the summer. Let's move right next to that position, right next to whoever will be you know Newhouse or Hart and right guard. And this is you know kind of compounds why Giants fans are worried about the offensive line. Is you know even if you feel good about Flowers and Pew and Richburg, left tackle, left guard, center, it's then the right side. So James, for you, when you look at right guard. Um, what are your thoughts there? And does any of it play into the idea that, you know, who plays right tackle affects right guard? Or are these just, you know, simply different positions that happen to be right next to each other and they're going to work in tandem? I don't look, me personally, I, I would be pretty surprised if John Jerry is not the starting right guard when they go to Dallas. I'm with you. One. Yeah, I just, I think, I think people kind of give John Jerry a bad rap in the sense that, I think he's a serviceable player. I mean, Weston Richburg, when he spoke uh, earlier in the offseason program, basically said, you know, people don't give John Jerry enough credit. Um, they they like him. I think he's a very, he's an effective, you know, serviceable right guard. And, and I don't really think that there's much of a question at that position. I think he's going to be the guy there. So you're, you guys are both in the same pace. Yeah, he, I think serviceable is, is a good word for him. Like when they signed him a couple years ago, I thought – you know, he's a backup, but then he plays a lot, and he doesn't kill them out there, even though, obviously, he's not, you know, he's nothing special at, at any position. Not the greatest run blocker. Uh, he, yeah. he, he, he's a big guy, but he doesn't play, he's not a grinder. He's, he doesn't play overly physical or, or overly aggressive. He doesn't finish a lot of blocks. So, But he's in the right spot a lot of times, and he's a decent pass protector. I think you could get by with him at guard. But it would definitely be beneficial to have an upgrade at right tackle next to him. And then yeah. I think, you know, I would, feel go- I would feel good about the offensive line. If you told me, you know, Eugene Mon- if there was Eugene Monroe or, or Anthony Davis or, you know, even Russell Okung, who they went after earlier, if those guys were the right tackle and you had next to them, you had John Jerry as the right guard, then I'd feel comfortable about my offensive line. Like, oh yeah, we they'll be they'll be fine. You know, you can't have five. You can't have really really good players at five spots. So, you know, as long as you have a serviceable guy at that spot, and I think John Jerry's that, I would be totally fine with it. But then when you compound it with okay, there's John Jerry, and then there's what the heck do you have at right tackle? That makes it a concern the offense, the right side of that line. But for me right now, I'll go with John Jerry at right guard and Bobby Hart at right tackle. And we're conceding that the rest of the line is center Weston Richburg. Justin Pugh, they're sticking with him at left guard. And left tackle is uh, Eric Flowers, who they have been very, very uh, strong about, stern about not moving him from that left tackle spot. Right. The fact that there's two spots on the right side, that, that's where the concern is. But uh, I'm with both of you. It, it feels like uh, Jerry and Newhouse, the veterans, uh, they're the guys that are going to have to be unseated by, by someone 
uh, as this summer goes along. All right, let's stay on the offense and let's go to positions, I think, um, a, a little bit more exciting, even though I mean, the offensive line is concerning, but a little bit more exciting. And uh, James, we'll start with a position here that was a log jam last year. It became an even bigger one when the Giants added another player to the position, running back. And James, Paul before Perkins. we... Yeah, Paul Perkins, that's right. Before we uh, kind of break down who we might pick as the guy, I guess we have to have a caveat that no one's really going to be the guy, right? I mean, even if someone emerges, it's hard to imagine anyone being the guy that gets 20 carries and everyone else gets one or two during a game. So, yeah. so that's, that's out there. But if one does kind of take the reins over the others, who do you think it could be and, and should be as we go, in, go into this training camp? I mean, obviously, you know, Rashad Jennings is the, is the highly paid guy of these guys. He was the guy they brought in. But there's a lot behind them. James, what do you think about this running back group right now? I, I don't know what to think. I mean, it, it's because the big question about the running back situation is, was last year's four-man committee, which didn't really work, work at all actually was that Tom Coughlin or was that Ben McAdoo because if it was Coughlin then it could be a totally different approach but if McAdoo was the guy who was leading the, the charge for the for the committee then we might have the committee again um my guess have, is, I, I, it's hard to see that you could completely separate McAdoo from that though you know like I yeah. have I have trouble doing that being like okay he had no say whatsoever and that just committee. yeah that just that's just hard for me to to really sw- to be able to sell uh, that, okay, McAdoo is now in charge. That, yeah, I agree with that. That whole thing is out completely out the window. Yeah. So I will still say that I think Rashad Jennings will be the A back of this group. Um, I think Shane Vereen will still be the third down, t- no huddle, two-minute drill guy. Paul Perkins is definitely going to be on the roster. I think they'll find a way to use him I, I don't think he'll be the featured back right off the start as a rookie and then for me it's just you know Bobby Rainey Orland Starqua uh, Andre Williams I my guess is only one of those three guys is going to make the team you know they've been you know McAdoo's defended Williams multiple times this offseason he's a draft pick so I would say that I would give him the early leg up to be that fourth guy and to, to slide into a short yardage role but you know He's a guy who looks better in practice than games too, which yes. also might help him in the, you know, going here in the spring and summer. But yeah, I mean, I, they got six. I think four making it. I think Vereen and um, Perkins are locks. I think Jennings is pretty close to a lock, although you know, he, with his contract and everything, he, he's a guy who you could potentially let go this year if you wanted to go that route. Um, and I think it's going to be, you know, Darqua, uh, Williams, and Rainey competing for one spot. And as of now, I would say Williams gets the leg up. But you know, anything can happen in training camp. Yeah, I'm going to say I'm going to go with James here. Also, uh, James, say uh, I'm going to clarify it like this, though. Qualify it like this: Rashad Jennings is going to get the first crack at it, kind of like last year. It's going to be we have all these guys. Let's see which one kind of grabs it, and I think they're. I think it's going to be the same thing. But the hope is that it doesn't take 13 weeks for one guy to sort of separate himself from the competition. I think the hope here is that it happens in you know one, two, three games, and then you know which guy. Okay, this guy is our guy. We're going to go and we're going to ride him, and not not let's feel it out. Oh my God, we're feeling it out. It's week six, seven, eight, nine, ten. We're still feeling out who the heck our running back is. 
which is what the Giants did last year. So uh, Rashad Jennings, in my estimation, will get the first crack. But I also would not be surprised at some point during the season if Paul Perkins, whether it be because of injury, whether it be because of uh, performance, that Paul Perkins is in there taking a majority of the snaps during at least a couple games. So, you know, if in the second half of the season he ends up being the, the, the guy, maybe that happens. But right now for me, week one starter, Rashad Jennings still. So, so far, just going through what we've talked about with the right guard, right tackle, running back, we all uh, kind of think that the veterans, the guys that were playing for the most part last year in those positions will at well, least – I went with Bobby Hart. Well, you did. Bobby that's Hart right. Back. So you, you did go with Bobby Hart, uh, and James went with Newhouse. So that one, with you with Bobby Hart, uh, kind of a new guy coming up. The other two positions seems like the incumbent um, gets that first first job there. All right, let's move on to wide receiver, and really we'll go to another skill position after this. As, I mean, the Giants have so many constants that we, we kind of just hang our hat on, I think, and, and fans do in terms of Eli, in terms of um, Odell Beckham. That there's uh, you know the opposite of that is is how much they don't have constant. Let's go to wide receiver two and um, really in terms of the playing time out there. You know, let's just go on the premise Victor Cruz is healthy, which is hard to do, but I think we have to do it for this conversation. If Victor Cruz is healthy, is he definitely out there as the number two receiver? I don't mean healthy like he's himself from four years ago. I just mean physically ready to play. Is he definitely the number two wide receiver, or do you guys think Sterling Shepard could, could push him for that? Well, I think when we talk about the number two receiver, that's a, a strange term to use nowadays because what's the difference between a number two and a number three receiver right now, really? I mean, when teams play, especially the Giants, when they're playing 70% of the time with three wide receivers, they're kind of two and three are kind of in, you know interchangeable. You have, your, you have your star wide receiver in Odell Beckham. He's the top target. And then you'll have one of the guys in the slot and one of them on the outside. Whether they're, you officially clarify them to two or three, I think if everybody's healthy, you'll see Shepard on the outside and you'll see Victor Cruz mostly in the slot. Now, they'll move these guys around the, uh, move the guys around a lot, but I think in an ideal world, if everyone is healthy, that's going to be the Giants situation with some Dwayne Harris mixed in there, maybe you know, 20 snaps or so a game as like a fourth option. Uh, but to me, that's that's sort of the way it's going to play out. I would see Cruz mostly in the slot and Sterling Shepard on the outside with, obviously, Odell on the other side. James, let me uh, kind of twist the, what Jordan just said to, to ask you a question, because I, I agree with you, Jordan. I, I mean, they play three wide receivers, so they're probably all going to – they're both going to play anyway. Uh, if that scenario plays out and, and you have Cruz in the slot and Shepard playing some outside, who do you think the number two option will be, uh, and, and really you could take it from the side of Eli's perspective or the defenses as they try to take something away from the Giants uh, in defending them. Who, who could emerge as the number two option? Is it Cruz to start this year, or could it be Shepard? That's a, that's a good question. I, I think it's going to depend on you know what Victor does in the preseason, how much he plays, what he shows. Um, look, I think teams from day one are going to have to be mindful of Sterling Shepard. So I, I guess I would say that to start off, I, I think Shepard would probably be the second guy teams look at after uh, Beckham. But I mean, if, if Cruz is, is any is 80%, you know, that, that could change in a heartbeat. Um, if all three of those guys are healthy and can produce the giants have a really good receiving core because, you know, they, they have confidence in Dwayne Harris as, as the fourth guy. And, you know, I was looking at the giants roster real quick, but as of now, if my math is right, 
they're going to have 13 wide receivers in camp. We know that, you know, if Cruz is healthy, obviously he'll be on the teams, Beckham, Shepard, and Harris. They're going to have a pretty wide open competition, I would think, for maybe the other one to two spots. So, you know, it's receivers are an interesting thing. They got a lot of undrafted free agents in there. They got a, a lot of, you know, guys like Miles White and Jeremy Davis who had played sparingly last year. So, uh, receivers an interesting position for this team. Uh, not only who's going to make the team, but how those top guys are going to work themselves out. When you look at it, and this is the way I view it: is okay. Let's look at last year. Ruben Randall had just a, a you know seven hundred ninety-seven yards. So let's say eight hundred. Dwayne Harris had three hundred ninety-six. Let's say four hundred. Okay, so that's twelve hundred yards between your two and three options behind Odell Beckham, right? You'd like a, maybe they would like a little more production out of that uh, out of the wide receiver spot for sure. So let's say they're looking for 13, 1400 yards from their you know two and three options behind Beckham, right? You basically we're looking if you can get 650, 700 each out of Cruz and out of uh, Sterling Shepard, all of a sudden you got more at it from your wide receivers than you did this past year. So you know I, I think that's reasonable. 700 yards for each of those two guys. That feels reasonable. I mean, yeah, that's good. Yeah, I mean, the way the Giants' offense throws the football, I mean, I, I'm sure they're hoping that they get um, that out of, of, of this offense and, and these wide receivers this year. So Obviously, Cruz is a big question mark. I mean, right. But, and, and to expect him to come back at the previous level after missing almost two full years, probably unrealistic. Yeah, that's a pie-in-the-sky type of thing. I mean, the Giants would hope, and, and, and if he's out there, I'm sure they're going to you know, start th- treating him that way, but to expect it for a full year and – and that kind of production, that would be uh, that'd be hard to imagine. Seven hundred's right, not crazy, though. You, you know, you think you think, I, would, I would think that's possible. I think it is too. Yeah, I mean, I just I guess it's just matter. It's a matter of how many games he plays. I mean, if he's if he's healthy and plays all year, I, I think I'd be shocked if he doesn't get that right. Yeah, I mean, it, like we said, it depends on how many targets he's going to get a game. I mean, if you if you, he's healthy and you have Beckham and you have uh, Shepard, who's a second round pick, who's going to play a big role. And whoever the tight end is, Will Ty or Larry Donnell, they're going to get some targets. Uh, and then Vereen out of the backfield, what he catch? He was, what, their leading, second leading receiver, right? In right. regards to receptions, I think it was. 50, he had 59. Yeah, yeah. he just edged out uh, Ruben Randall. So he's going to get his targets too. So, you know, I don't, I don't think Victor Cruz is going to come in and get the targets that he probably used to get, even if he's healthy. No, he won't, right. So he'd have to make the most of the, you know, 50, 40-ish, 50-ish uh, catches or, or maybe a little more that he can uh, he could bring in there and, and get those yards. But obviously Cruz's uh, return and development is going to be fascinating for this upcoming training camp. One more on offense, guys, where we come to we go, uh, go to a couple on defense. The tight end position, which, you know, if we were doing this podcast each of the last six or seven or eight years and this kind of episode came up, we'd probably have the same conversation every year. Like, who's going to be the giant starting tight end? And Usually, for the most part, Eli Manning finds one he you know, gets a, a rapport with, and, and they do enough that you kind of forget they don't have a big player there and haven't had one for a long time. James, how do you view the tight end position, and, and what do you think this year? I mean, I think this year, for the first time in a while, there's to me, there's like two intriguing guys. I mean, Donnell's mm-hmm. been intriguing for a while, and then I, I liked what I saw out of Will Ty. You know, I tend to think... I think it's going to be a really good competition. I think they're going to use both guys. I mean, even last year, they, they ran two tight end sets a lot. Um, but my gut is that they wouldn't have brought Larry Donnell back if they didn't think that he was capable of being, 
being the starter. So I'm just going to, you know, it's, it's a 50-50 toss-up. I'm, I'm going to say Donnell gets the job back, but they also still find a way to use Ty pretty regularly. And I'll go the other way. Okay. Uh, I'll go with Ty. I think provides maybe a little bit more explosiveness, and that's, you know, the Giants like that. And neither of them really are great blockers. So I actually think Matt Lacoste has a good chance to be a, a significant contributor here. Because he's, he's, he might be the best, the most well-rounded tight end on their roster. So, uh, you know, I would expect him to contribute as well. But I'm going to go with Ty being my week one starter right now just because, you know, I don't know. I just, I just think he, he flashed some explosiveness last year and some potential that is intriguing to them. And I think you kind of know what Larry Donnell is now. You do. He's big, and he'll make some red zone catches, and, and usually after he makes a catch over the middle, not, not much else will happen. Yeah, well, he'll uh, on fall on his head. You know, right. he, yeah. he, he, might, he might lose control of the ball a little bit. This is what Larry Donnell is, and he's a below-average blocker. Yes. Yeah, sure. He's an, he's an know, adventure. Another thing is Will Johnson, the, the halfback, H-back, fullback, tight end guy, that combo that they signed from the Steelers. You know, he's another guy who, you know, when we had the veteran minicamp, I don't think they really had any of the new guys really lining up for, the, for what we saw. So we don't really know how the Giants are going to use him. You know, he could potentially be that blocking presence. I agree with Jordan. I think Lacoste has a real chance because he's the best all-around tight end of the group. But, you know, they might use Johnson to block in that sense. And the blocking issues that Donnell and Ty provide might not be as big of a concern. You know, you don't know what they're going to look like with Johnson. Right, so it gives them another option there, maybe someone that, that kind of is off the radar there, but maybe could come on the radar. All right, let's jump to the defensive side of the ball. Uh, a couple positions uh, up the middle, which are always intriguing and uh, I think always worrisome for fans. It's Like I said with tight end, this has become a yearly conversation as well, especially um, when John Beeson at middle linebacker uh, failed to stay healthy, kind of opened the, the door again, which has been a revolving door for the Giants for years. Uh, James, middle linebacker for the Giants, Always a talking point. Fans always wish there was a, a constant in there, and I guess there hasn't been one since Antonio Pierce walked out the door years and years ago. How do you see middle linebacker right now in terms of the depth chart and, and then kind of move it forward into the beginning of the season? I think they signed Keenan Robinson hoping that he could win the job. So for now, I'll say Keenan Robinson. But I also think that, you know, obviously if he's not healthy or, or if Jasper Brinkley outplays him, in training camp, I, I think they're good with that. Um, I don't know if B.J. Goodson is going to, you know, the, the fourth-round pick out of Clemson is necessarily going to be a, a major impact player defense as a rookie. I think that you'll see him on a lot of special teams. But for now, I'll, I'll say Robinson, just because I think that's what they want to have happen, and if not him, Brinkley. But I think those two, provided they stay healthy, give the Giants a pretty good tandem in the middle. Yeah, Robinson, Brinkley... Kelvin Shepard, B.J. Goodson, all guys are going to be part of that competition. So a lot of open competition at middle linebacker. Uh, yeah, I'm with James. I'm going to go with Keenan Robinson. Wouldn't be surprised to see them start with Brinkley, though, on, especially on running downs if they decide that they're really going to mix guys in and mix and match. But I just don't think that's the way to go. You don't really want to mix and match at middle linebacker. You'd really like one guy, be your leader, be your voice in there. So I, I agree. They brought in Keenan Robinson to try and be that guy. If he's healthy, if he could stay healthy, I think he, he has the, he, he's my week one starter at middle linebacker. 
Yeah, that's, I think, what we all felt when, when he was signed. And it was like, oh, wow, they must really like him. And, and then it's just been about his injuries in the past. So if he stays healthy, uh, he does seem like he fits there at, at, at their linebacker and then to be their middle linebacker. Joe, right, let's, about- uh, let's, let's just mention real quick the positions maybe that we're all in agreement are set. Okay. You know, right defensive end, I think Vernon. Mm-hmm. Uh, the defensive tackles, we got, you know, uh, Snacks, Damon Harrison, and Hankins. And at left defensive end, Jason Pierre-Paul. So the defensive line, I think we're all agreement agreed, fellas. Yeah, we that one good. Jason Pierre-Paul, the left defensive end. Like that's going to be the defensive line. Yeah, and I would think that they they hope that's the strength of this defense, right? Considering how much they paid for it. Absolutely. And then Landon Collins is, is going to be one of the starting safeties. Dominique Rogers, Cromarty, and Janoris Jenkins are the two outside cornerbacks. And at linebacker. Uh, at least strong side linebacker. I think Devon Kennard is, is, is definitely the starter out there. We, we all in agreement on those, James? Yep. yep. Sounds good. So, so we, have, will... we have how many more spots, Joe? Two spots. You have weak side linebacker and you have free safety. Let's move over right. to the guys. Well, let's here. also throw in slot cornerback real quick because that's an interesting one with the rookie, you know, first-round pick. Good thought, right. You know, that's almost even maybe more important than a third linebacker on the field because – True. You know, most teams like what? What's the percentages we keep hearing now? It's like 60, 65. 40. Yeah, I think it was sixty-five, thirty-five is what they're they've been throwing out there during the draft. You heard them all say, you know, all the the NFL networks and, and ESPN say. Then you know what? Let's just do that. Then let's talk slot corner and free safety because then you know that's kind of your base defense in two thousand sixteen. Now, so let's go to let's go to the corner. Then we'll end with free safety. Let's go to slot corner. Uh, I think the name, probably as I say that on all of our listeners' minds, is is Eli Apple going to do it? Is the first-round pick going to make that transition and get on the field because of talent, even though, as Jordan, and we can start with you on this one, I mean, you mentioned this, you, you were the first one I saw mention it right as they drafted him, and, and kind of the analysis started to come out, like, who is this kid and how does he fit? He didn't play slot corner at Ohio State, which makes sense. I mean, he was a star player in college, he was going to play on the outside, but... This is a, if he does play there, it's in transition for him, along with transitioning to the NFL. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely going to be something completely new. I mean, it's, it, he hasn't done it, and he has to now learn to do it at the NFL level. His rookie year, that's a tough spot. I mean, cornerbacks struggle enough. You know, if he had to play on the outside, he'd probably struggle enough in his rookie year. So, But we're talking about week one starters. I just don't see how this team is going to not try and get their first-round pick onto the field so I take him over Trevin Wade and even over, you know, if they sign a veteran, a Leon Hall or a um, Gerard, Gerard Powers, Powers, I think then maybe I could see Apple be on the bench. But for Trevin Wade right now, I don't, I, I just don't, I just don't see that. Uh, I, I think the likelihood is that Eli Apple finds his way into the week one starting lineup, even if it's at nickel corner. And it might be a learning experience in the Giants. He'll probably he'll have to learn on the fly, but they could use those skills and the talents that he does have, and uh, I'm go- I'm going with the Apple. Just looking ahead for you, um, you give your thoughts, James. That feels like a tough assignment, um, week one, just because of the style of play. That assuming it's Cole Beasley for the Cowboys, who always seems to give everybody trouble uh, as a little shifty guy in the slot. Apple's a bigger corner. That would be. I mean, if he wins that job and he gets it, that's a. That's a tough test off the bat. Not that, you know, Beasley's an all-pro, but he's pretty good at that, what he does there in the slot. So that would be a, a tough test. James, what do you think about this position here? I agree with Jordan. I, I think that 
when you take a cornerback number 10 overall, you want to get him on the field. I think they probably would go with Apple over Trevin Wade. Um, and one of the things that I, you know, we're going to talk about safety in a second is if Bennett Jackson doesn't win the starting safety job uh, and they don't necessarily feel great about Apple in the slot, I could see him potentially being someone who's in the mix uh, at slot cornerback as well. I mean, I'm assuming that's a that good point, James. First, that's yeah, a good point. Something you know, he first did last thing, year. He did it last year. Um, you know, first things first. Obviously, he's going to be in that competition to get the safety job. But you know, that could be an answer on the roster that if they don't sign a veteran, uh, that allows them to maybe bring Apple along a little bit and have a little bit of a of an insurance policy. I will throw this out there also. Let's let's go through this scenario a little bit for one second. They sign a veteran guy, they, they, a guy that plays in the slot, right? Uh, Powers or, uh, or Leon Hall or something of the sort, right? They say, okay, we want to play that guy in the slot. All of a sudden, and you say, okay, Eli Apple looks pretty good. You know, he's a first-round pick. He's got a lot of talent. All of a sudden, you, now you have three guys that maybe you could play on the outside. Who is the one guy that is a tradable asset on this team right now? You know, like help that offensive line spot or to help, to help that wide receiver spot if they need it. Right. DRC all of a sudden becomes, okay, now He's maybe we ball. have, you know, maybe before the season they, they, they find something where they could, they could swing DRC for an offensive, a right side of the line offensive lineman or, or hey, something of the sort. Baltimore, Baltimore needs a cornerback, and I'm pretty sure that the contracts are relative, you know, Pretty compatible between Monroe and and DRC. The Giants don't really care about that. They got a ton of it. I know they don't care about that. Baltimore. But I, I definitely think that, that that's a possibility. Um, I don't know if, how likely it is, but I think Jordan's right. You know, you you do have this first round cornerback, and you've got DRC, who is a tradable asset. That that could be something they they attack. Yeah, he is 30. He's 30. He, you know, he's been on and off the field the last couple of years, which maybe that would be good to have Apple back there because he, he has had trouble playing every snap the last two years for the Giants. He, he plays, but it's not – then, you know, they were having to throw in J. Ron Hosley in the game, you know, for, for five, seven snaps a game, ten snaps a game in DRC's place. You just kind of don't want that. No, you don't. And just to go to the Ravens example, James, you brought up the one thing – um, that I know about. Ozzie Newsom is never seemingly afraid to trade for a veteran. You know, it's kind of rare trades for veterans, player for player in the NFL or training camp, bringing in a guy over 30 in a trade. But the Ravens, I mean, they've done that a lot. Um, Monroe a couple years ago, even though he wasn't old. Uh, Bryant McKinney they traded for at one point. Lee Evans, uh, and they, obviously he dropped that pass the title game those years ago that made that deal not look as good. But they they trade for players. They They do that often. So that fit. That could make some sense. So that's certainly something that we'll keep our eye on with the cornerback situation. I will right, we'll wrap up our last one for this podcast as we kind of look ahead to these position battles, which are going to just be fascinating as we get closer to camp, which all of these names we're throwing out and all these open spots seemingly. Let's go to free safety. Uh, the Giants tried to upgrade here in the third round of the draft with Darian Thompson. Uh, we know they have some young guys on the roster already they like. And, and obviously with this, there's that caveat of the fit next to Landon Collins, who we all agreed is going to be the other safety. James, thoughts on the free safety position, which uh, it'd be such a big boost to the Giants if they could you know, put someone back there yeah, and definitely. that guy starts to make some plays. 
Yeah, um, I think this is going to be maybe the best position battle of, of training camp. It's you know, really I, fascinating. It's fascinating because it really is. I, I, I was kind of surprised when they took Darian Thompson because I really thought that they were comfortable and willing to roll the dice with Burhey, with Jackson, with Michael Thompson and see what they could get out of those three. And then they took Thompson in the third round and – you know, they always say that they want their picks in the first three rounds to contribute as rookies. So I think they probably would like to see Thompson go out there and win the job. But at the same time, I, I think Jackson and Burhe are, are guys who are not going to, you know, just go down, you know, without a fight. I think they're, they're guys, they're going to make them have to seriously evaluate the position and make a decision. Um, so, I guess I'll say Thompson right now because he's the draft pick and you know he's he was a third round pick, but I think he could go any of those three ways. You got to differentiate because they got two Thompsons there too. Oh, this is right. There's, there's a, there's uh, a, Mike, Dar- a Michael and a Darian, yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, right now I'm going to go with. I just think the guys that have been there for two years, yeah, have a leg up. You know, they understand, even though they haven't played in Burhey. And Bennett Jackson, even though they haven't really played much at safety, actually Bennett Jackson hasn't played at all, uh, two back-to-back injuries. Yeah. But they're just ahead probably mentally than Darian Thompson, so it gives them a little, a little leg up going to this competition. So I'm going to go with one of the veterans. I think Burhey's the safer bet here, but since I don't like safe, I'm going to go with Bennett Jackson. But the, the thing with Bennett Jackson, he's coming off back-to-back injuries. It might take him some time to get physically healthy to the point, so... Uh, I'll, I'll, you know what? I, the, the safest bet here is Burhey. I'm going to go with Burhey. But Bennett Jackson, uh, him or Bennett Jackson, to me, interchangeable. And if in either one of those guys don't you know, give the Giants a, feel, a safe feeling six weeks into the season or so, then I think that's when Darian Thompson, six, eight, ten games into the season where he has a good chance of stepping in and them saying, okay, he's ready to go in there and be our safety the you know natural free safety that we're looking for next to Landon Collins. Yeah, of all the positions that we've talked about today, this is probably the one where I could see uh, take injury out of the equation because that's obvious. But outside of injury, just it's changing in the middle of the year or five or six weeks in, they just make a switch. I mean, they they could in any other position, but this is the one. It's like they seem so close, and there's no one really that stands out right now that. Just because a guy enters the the Dallas game in week one as the starter doesn't mean he ends the season uh, in week 17 as a starter. So we've gone over right tackle, right guard, running back, receiver, tight end, middle linebacker, free safety, slot corner. Guys, um, what I'm seeing right now and I'm I'm hearing as we talk is there's going to be a lot of competition uh, in camp coming up in a couple months. I think this is going to be exciting, obviously, for you guys to watch, but just for fans of the team to follow because as much as there are all those things that you know about for this team, there's still all, there's so many unknowns. It's even even all the work they did, Jordan. Yeah, I mean that, that's that's what happens when you're rebuilding. I, I put the stat out there the other day uh, today, where we're taping this. It's a Thursday. Is that six of the eleven week one starters from last year aren't even on the roster? Wow. Anymore. Yeah. So it's a defensive overhaul, and that's why those some of those defensive spots are completely wide open. Uh, not that. They were filled with guys that are, you know, but that were, uh, you know, solidified stars. But that was the problem. Brandon Merriweather was starting. Uh, you, you know, the, the guys that were starting, Wani Ungo was starting at middle linebacker. Guys that they didn't plan on being there, they end up starting week one. And they, you know, 
there's going to be competition at all those spots now this year. And that's why they brought in four middle linebackers and four free safeties. They're, they're trying to increase their odds and saying, okay, let's, let's throw as many guys as we can into this mix and hope one of them comes out and is the guy. Right, throw a bunch of stuff against the wall and hopefully something sticks. And for the Giants, um, they're hoping a lot does as we get uh, closer to, uh, what, it's about four months away, uh, the first game of the regular season. Guys, as always, uh, this was fun, and I think this is a good one to kind of springboard us to this point of the offseason. James, thanks for doing this. No problem, Joe. Thank you. Thanks, Jordan. You got it, Joe. We'll do it again. We'll, we'll, guess, we'll guesstimate our, uh, our starters maybe at the end of the spring or going into training camp. It'll be fun. It sounds great. All right. Thanks to all of you for listening to this episode of Talk is Cheap, our Giants podcast right here on NJ.com. Make sure to keep uh, leaving feedback and, of course, some ratings in iTunes. We appreciate all the great feedback the last couple podcasts. The more you give, the more we can make this podcast better and continue to grow it as we get closer to the 2016 Giants season. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.